All right, so we are continuing with Onos Dvorim, of uh, hurting people, not financially, but hurting them with your words. And last week we read... Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, right? We read, Makar Amr Zichronim Levrochai, back up to the beginning of the paragraph, Gdola Honas Dvorim Mimonas Mamon. It's a greater violation to hurt someone with words than to hurt someone financially. Shazenem or Vo. Vresem Melokecha. Vazenem or Bo. Vresem Melokecha. The second one says, meaning the one that is talking about hurting a person with words, it says, you should be afraid of Hashem. But the one that talks about hurting a person financially doesn't say that. So you see that there's no, um, you know, so to speak, it's not, it's not as severe, it doesn't, doesn't seem to attract a t- uh, Hashem as much. But the truth is that um, if we look in, in Hilchus, uh, Natsira and Nakama, so the Gemara is, the Gemara initially says, Kol Tamil Chacham, Shina Nokim, Venotar, Kanachash, Ena Tamil Chacham. You know what that means? Ena Tamil Chacham, who is not Nokim, Mr. Berggrad, Venotar, and. <coughs> And, and no came is to take revenge, and, and no ter is to bear grudge. Kanachash, like a serpent, is not a tamachach. Means tamachacham needs to bear grudge and take revenge against if someone did something. It's weird. So the Gemara says, "What? What do you mean?" But we we, we know that there's a. Prohibition to take it to, to, to bear a grudge and take revenge. So, no, no, no. This is talking about this is talking about the moment. This is talking about not a moment. It's different your souls, etc. But that's certainly at least one shot. Do we move off of it? Do we not? But um, but the point is that the straightforward uh, reading of the and I think I believe the Rambam actually explains it like this that. What are you getting so worked up about with money? You know, like, okay, so it took some money from you, right? You don't have to bear that grudge and take revenge. If he does something more severe, such as hurting you as a person, right? Then maybe that's different. For sure, everybody agrees if he caused a Hashem, if he hurt Hashem, he insulted Hashem, then for sure. If you know him, but not It could be even even me myself. If he if he hurt my tzalmulukim, right? Means my so to speak, my self esteem, right? That's what we're talking about. Talking about hurting a person, embarrassing a person, you know, um, disparaging a person, right? That 
is a much more fundamental damage that's being done than simply in money. Right? Money is an external thing to a person. Nothing so terrible happened. But if he but if he actually hurt the person we're gonna discuss now, that's a really terrible thing. Okay, so that's what the Hazal over here telling us that uh, it's a more severe thing to hurt a person's feelings than to hurt them financially. Because of what we're about to say now. Okay? So here we go. Because you can imhu barabim. How much more so if, if the embarrassing words are being said in front of many people? Shebehed that about this, the mission of Perkyavos. Hamal nechavero barabim ein lo Person who embarrasses himself, have a friend in public, has no chelik in Olam Now, truth is that the Ramchal here is abridging the Mishnah a little bit. The Mishnah actually lists five different things that a person may do, uh, and, and by all of them it says he has no chelik in Olam He does. Um, now, three of them have to, do, have to do with the world at large, and two of them have to do with the person in particular. Okay? Now, with the person in particular, the two are... To be mefer, be brusha shal avram avinu, either mefer or, or a vaza, something against the brusha shal avram avinu. I have to look up the language exactly. And and the other one is this of malud nechavero. Yeah, what's the relationship between the two? So the moral says very simple, and it's going to be a big yisod for us in the entire concept of malud nechavero. Is a person is built from two parts: the physical and the spiritual, the goof and then the shama. Yeah, so there's two ways that a person can cut himself off from Hashem. I think we've spoken about this before. <coughs> Usually, the discussion is more beside Bruce from the view, because that's what makes us a fit vessel to receive a relationship with Hashem. Right? If a person is 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 quite from Bruce Person saying, I'm not someone who can have a relationship with Hashem. I'm not someone who can be that recipient. Okay, so then you have no relationship. Paul, how many stay how many parts to a relationship are there? How many parts to a relationship? I don't know. Three. There's me, there's you and there's a relationship. I was gonna say two. I thought I was thinking also it's me and you. Me and the other person. Yeah. <laughs> what about the tango itself? It takes two to tango, but then you have to do the actual the, the tango itself or something. Uh-huh. Okay. What about the four feet? <laughs> four feet. When does when does this end? Oh, Which four feet? The, the four feet of the two people together. This tango. You say it's the, this person, that person, the tango between them. Right. Okay. So that seems that sounds kind of arbitrary. Where would you end the line in terms of adding to this couple? What do you mean? I would think Mustama, a relationship that involves two, th- two, two people and two people alone. That's the only two factors. Well, I'll prove it to you not like that. Okay. Because if you look at what is a physical manifestation of a relationship, so if you husband and wife, let's just have an example. Child. A child. 
Now, not all relationships can have that. Some husbands and wife have a wonderful relationship, but they can't have a child. But the concept that there's a child that can be produced as a result of that unity, so you see that there's a, there's a, there's a third aspect called the chibu itself, the relationship. Um, you know, the concept of uh, the whole is greater than some of its parts. Okay. It's not just you and her. It's then there is the dynamic Right? And so too with us Hashem. There's us, there's Hashem, there's the Torah in between. Right? That's the relationship. If there would be us and Hashem, but Hashem wouldn't give us the Torah, we have no real way, I mean, we can't imagine how otherwise we would relate to Hashem. If there's no manifest will, no manifest rotson from Him, there's Hashem, there's us. But we have no connection to Him because... He's not manifest his will in any way to us. So it's, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's so there needs to be, a, there needs to be that, that, middle, that middle man, little middle thing. It's, it's, the, it's the two parties in the pointed interface. Right. Or, or the conduit. Right. Yeah. Okay, so that's so that's the three. So so usually the way that the way that we look at it is that okay. So if one of those, namely the recipient, is missing, uh, any one of the three, but the one that we're talking about right now is the recipient is missing, then you can't have a relationship. Now over here, so if a person himself doesn't have a bris milah, or he's made for in, in the bris milah, he's not interested in having a bris milah. That's straightforward, right? But what if he has a bris milah? But what if he doesn't believe he has an ashama? So it's goof. What? So it's goof. Right. Is that enough to... Is that enough to have a relationship with Hashem? Kind of. Kind of. No neshama, how do you have a relationship with Hashem? Yeah, that's ridiculous. What, what are you talking about? I can be the recipient of Hashem's bounty physically. But there's no, but, but it's, but you can't have a relationship. No there's no, no spiritual, there's no neshama, I understand. Paul's getting angry. You better say something quick. <laughs> how do you, how do you have a relationship with no neshama? How does that make sense? As, as, essentially, you're, you're an animal. Right. That's true. I am an animal. What do you mean? Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Non-Jewish people have relationships. They also have neshamas. They also have neshama. They have neshama? Like the deal they don't live in No, they have neshama. It's a different quality. We can get into some of the technicalities, but... Okay, so no really, so anything... The fact that they have mitzvahs already shows you that... Right? It's a proof that they're not animals. Right. Contrary of everything that they're doing out there, we have a proof that they're not animals from the fact that they have mitzvahs. Okay. Okay, so the point is, so that's the other way. But Paul's right. Of course. <laughs> person who has no, who doesn't believe that he has an neshama, in that regard, he 
prevents himself from having a relationship with Hashem. Oh, a person believes, though. I missed the beginning part. Okay, so yeah. a person believes that they So just like if a person believes, a person is koifer b'brishu shalafram avinu, he does not have a brismila, doesn't want to have a brismila, he's not interested in having a brismila, because he doesn't feel that his physicality can have any connection to Hashem. Or another example that the Maral discusses is the Mishnah um, in uh, in Achelik. The person uh, doesn't believe in Tchiyas Amesim, right? Same thing. He doesn't believe that his physicality can have a relationship with Hashem, so that it can't be a relationship, right? But also, the person doesn't believe that there's an Hashemah, can't have a relationship with Hashem then. I say, what does that have to do with Onos Dvarim? With hurting people in your words? What does that have to do with embarrassing a person? Right? We're talking about over here, a Mishnah in Avos says that someone who's Malbin Plechaverable Rabbim, Someone who embarrasses his fellow in public has no chalik in all above. And the Mishnah there says, even if he is a big tzaddik and he has lots of Torah and mitzvahs and all sorts of good things. Yeah, but he's Malv Nechavero, he has no chalik in all above. Why? Problem. Because the concept is that the only way that one could allow himself to publicly embarrass someone else, to deface someone else, is if he believes that there's no fundamental honor that a human being is deserving of. Right? If you think about what is the concept of embarrassing, right? Why is a person, uh, why, why does his first face turn white? So, so uh, Chazal explained, right? The first his face turns red, all the blood rushes to his face, and afterwards it all drains out from his face. He loses strength. He loses desire to live. Right? Why? Because a person to live needs to have a connection between the soul and the body, and if the soul feels like there's nothing here for me, it's not my place, right? Famous story with. Um, Chonya Magal, right, that he, uh, he went to some sort of a meditative state, a hibernation of some sort, woke up a hundred years later, where nobody knew him anymore. And, you guys familiar with this? I feel like I've heard it, but Chazal's Rip Van Winkle. What? Chazal's Rip Van Winkle. Chazal's? Rip Van Winkle. Van Winkle. Rip Van Winkle? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm culture. He, 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 he doesn't talk about that. <laughs> Rip Van Winkle. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's okay. A, I don't know. Some still it's, it's, an, it's an old guy who's a famous old famous guy. Okay. So, uh, so he says that he came to the base and they, they had a difficult question nobody could answer. And he answered it and they said to him, wow, we haven't had somebody in here like this since uh, since Honya Magal, he said, "I I am Honya Magal." He said, "Nah, you're not Honya Magal. Get, get out of here!" Yeah, like, and that was so painful for him that uh, he died. I must learn out from here that a person must have covered. Must the fact um, uh, all this farm is learned out from Tehillim that um, the neshama is actually cold covered. Neshama 
covered honor. Yeah, it is our honor. It is what is it that makes you so upstanding, so respectable, right? Besides that spiffy tie, yes, right. But what what are you deserving of that tie for, huh? Something holy, right? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Right? Of course, you tie it around your neck, the place where you're in the shama. It's connecting down to the body, the neck. One of the, probably the most important part for us, right? We want to decorate it with a silk, beautiful tie, right? Um, so. So, the, but, but, so now this person over here is being Malbim He's saying, for example, the Torah says that even if you have a terrible criminal, a terrible person who has to be punished with a very embarrassing death where they hang him, um, very rarely there's such a thing. The person gets hung and just. Uh, what? It's not as bad as. Left to, to, to hang there. It's a, but. But only only until the end of the day, and then you have to quickly take him down. You, you can't allow a human body to just lie around like that. People can look at it and say, "Oh, so we're just we're just animals. We're just monkeys, right?" That's why she was just said Tubaav, right? Tubaav was one of the great things about Tubaav was what. Shiduchim, of course. So the, the Haruge Betar were finally allowed to be buried. Right? The Romans made, made a decree that's they murdering the entire city of Betar, the stronghold of, or bar, of bar the. It was like this guy right? who jump, who was very. Well, whatever he was. Oh, I see, I see you attended the of my showroom. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so after, they, after the Romans uh, destroyed Betar. Um, and, and murdered everybody there. So they made a rule that you're not allowed to bury them. You have to leave them to rot in the field. Wow. And a, a miracle happened that the bodies did not rot, but still they were lying there, you know, just just strewn like chopped wood, you know. And um, I think it was Robin Gamliel was fasting, and he and his whole base were fasting and davening, and he says he was, he literally took every coin he had like he was Mavazve's also Shalavoyso he literally took all of his wealth uh, to bribe the Romans and and Shambhira that the Caesar died and the new Caesar was put to power they bribed him and, and all the davening and they allowed him to be reburied on, on, on Tubav hmm. right but the point is because it, it's 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 a it's a um, it's a destruct. It's a hurban to the neshama of uh, of the person, right? So, so a person who can be malbep nechaver barabim to publicly embarrass somebody else, right, is a person who is himself completely not in touch with the concept that a person is a tzalmulkin. What goes back to what Paul was talking about in terms of referencing your shir, having the aintov. Right, that's the opposite. Right, so the I am told is recognizing that someone will kill inside. Right, is there room, no, is there no room for like playfully busting somebody's chops a little bit? Depends how they, so they, they, they take it. So it's probably uh, yeah. So if you if you uh, you can uh, you know, this is uh, you're playing the games over here, right? Well, what if I didn't mean it? I said, okay, fine. Then maybe it's different. Well, let's just first understand what happens if you did mean it. You meant to do it. You did do it. And the guy's his whole face went red and then white and like 
he can't show up in the place anymore, right? Let's just talk about that case. Because still, seemingly, wow, I mean, I didn't, I was a Mechal Shabbos. The person who was a Mechal Shabbos has a Chalik in all of them. Right? A person who eats Trephus, Balser Bechalov, has a Chalik in all of them. But this person has no Chalik in all of them. And we'll explain. The reason is because he's a person who is fundamentally denying the 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 great neshama that every person is, is imbued with, and that's really our ticket into our belief in our neshama is our ticket to Olamabo. because that's where the relationship. The relationship is that I am someone who has the ability to relate to spiritual things, right? And there's the Torah, which helps me to do that. And then there's Hashem, who is the source of that, right? So then I can have an Olam But if a person denies that, that spiritual nature inside the human being, then he can have a portion of Olam And the point is, what do you mean by it? No, I do believe it. You believe a person has a Neshama? So, uh, so how could you, so how could you throw this man down to the mud like that? I mean, if there isn't a shama over here, so how could you, how could you do that? Now, if the answer is I didn't, there was an accident, I didn't mean it. I actually meant it as a compliment to him. I was only joy. He took it the wrong way. Fine, then probably not relevant or you know, whatever, right? Or maybe partially relevant, depending on, right? But. Uh, Chazal here trying to say a point. It's important to hear the point, to relate to it. Yeah? If it's a side tangent, then we don't need to go there. It, with the other messages you were just describing with Shabbos and Kashras, I feel like that also speaks to the potential uh, spiritual, the, the spiritual potential of a, of a human being, and also speaks to the spiritual uh, relationship that one can have with, with Hashem. It could be, yeah, you're right. Listen, every mitzvah at the end of the day. Right. Every mitzvah is some sort of an interaction between you know, us and Hashem, right? right? But what we're saying here, what we're saying here is that this literally, this fundamentally itself says, I don't believe there's anything here. Mm-hmm. Right? Whereas those other mitzvahs, it's not necessarily saying that. It could say that. Say the person is a because he doesn't believe that the world was created. Okay. You know, that's different. If a person doesn't believe the world was created, the, then he, he's a kaifer in the Torah, whatever, then, then maybe that's different. But let's say he he just, I don't know, he really was extremely hungry, he didn't have any food in the house, so he did, that's it, like he jumped into the car and went and bought himself some McDonald's. But but otherwise, he's uh, fundamentally, he believes in the creation of the world, fundamentally he believes in the truth of the Torah, he just, you know, was uh, very hungry that day. Mm-hmm. Right? So, wh- whereas here, to publicly humiliate this person is to say there's no Tzalamul came over here. That's what this statement is. And the only way you can believe that about him is if you believe that about yourself. Yeah. Are we good? And that essentially means no Hashem. Well. No, not necessarily. That's, that's a, you, you, you came in the drop late, but so I'll just say it really quickly. What I'm going to do is that every relationship is made of three parts. 
the two people that are going to have the relationship, or in this case, Hashem and us. And then there's the relationship itself, in this case, the Torah. And that's why it keeps coming up over and over and over again, is Olma Ba, is a relationship with Hashem. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a relationship of us, with Hashem, via the Torah. So denial of any one of those three parts makes it that it's impossible to have that relationship. Okay? And in this case, it's the denial of the spiritual company, because the person himself is made up of two parts, the physical part and the spiritual part, the physical part, the goof, which is represented by the brismila, having a brismila, having the belief that even our physicality can have a connection to Hashem. And then the malukne chavero barabim, embarrassing person in public, is the denial of the spiritual aspect of ourselves. Missing one of those two, there's no me. There's no me to a relationship with Hashem. There's still Hashem, there's still a Torah from heaven, but there's no Neshama inside the person. And the contrary to what Noah might believe, that is a <laughs> prohibitive of having a relationship with Hashem. Okay. So, um, continuing. I'm sorry, was that called Malibu Nechavero Bravo? There's not, there's not, there's no 10 people here. Say? Is it? I hope not. There's no 10 people. What do you mean? You don't don't have 10 people, no? Oh. Okay. Paul got me off on a technicality. (laughs) Done. See, I'm I'm, I'm allowed to beat you up. You come to the shoe room, you're that's what you're signing up for. Because you also have to be embarrassed, though, right? I don't think you have to be embarrassed. So. It's an exception, a rabbinical exception. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is it a self hatter? No, no, it's a real it's hard thing. Yeah. Paul, remember that uh, wonderful breakfast yeah. you joined us for? Yeah, he's already beaten me up already. Paul yeah. got it for the whole year, that one. That. But that was in front of 10 people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, do you, if you write correspondences to people that berate other people for things they allegedly did that were unlawful, you can do that in front of like three people on an email chain. Is that problematic? Or is it just a like, part of the arena of... What you're saying, giving someone um, respectful um, but, but, but criticism? Uh, like, not name-calling, but like saying, like, this person did this, this person did this. You're saying the facts. You're saying the facts and then saying that this is... And then you make a summary that basically saying that this is entirely ingenuous and deceitful. And how dare you? But again, this is a not you're not looking to embarrass them. But you're looking to, uh, I guess, get them to. This is a legal battle you're talking about, or whatever. Okay, what are you talking about? Where I do exactly the same thing, but it just happens to be that it's just for the sake of making a legal case and protecting you know, somebody else's rights. Huh? Sorry. It could be. It could be that, that, that you know that when when people get tangled up with lawyers, they're 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 all prepared for this, you know, mudslinging and all that stuff. And I mean, your question is, you know, in politics nowadays, would you would you have uh, would you have this halacha, right? Um, okay, fine. It's, it's like it's like going into a boxing ring and saying, "Well, you hit me." What's a boxing ring? Right. Exactly. This is politics. Okay. Vamare be alazer. Hakol. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Nifra Al Yidei Shaliyach Chutz Mehana So, 
every type of Avera Hashem punishes through an intermediary or an angel of sorts except for someone who hurts other people with words I mean that one Hashem takes care of himself and again seemingly speaking to the same point that we've been stressing the divine you know the, 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 in all the other ones there's not necessarily a, a, a violation of the divine nature of the other person so you do something wrong to the other person even to yourself right you're not fundamentally denying the shama. That's that's only happening over here with embarrassing people. Shlosha ein hapargud nimnal bifnehem vechad mehem hono. There are three things that Hashem does not block off. I mean, for most things, there is a certain obstacles for prayers to pierce um, curtains to make it to Hashem. Uh, that uh, is this talking about like for the year is that what talking about like what is it talking about saying that, that, that Hashem has a certain uh, obstacles blockages that, f- that our prayers have to make make it past in order to be heard usually uh, I got you. okay a uh, system of um, you know Gaboyim and others who you have know, to go through to get to finally speak to the king. It's not so easy to get into the king. There's a few red, you know, buttons that you can press that'll get you an instant audience with the king. And one of them is when a person cries out over having been hurt by someone else emotionally. Isn't that kind of weird? Why? Why does that... That's what we were just saying. That, that, that's the concern. That is... Because that's this person's fundamental relationship with Hashem. Because it's a begam and his neshama. That, so. that this other person is causing. You're taking my entire spiritual existence. And when, when I try to use that wounded part of me to connect to God, Hashem's like, oh, now I really listen. I mean, I guess the the, the, you know, the hurt is so deep that it, it goes to to to, uh, to the corresponding place, right? Meaning, the deeper the hurt, the more fundamental the hurt. The yeah, you basically think about it like this: whatever is the type of thing that would immediately go straight to my heart is the thing that will immediately, so to speak, goes, go to Hashem's heart. When I cry about it to Hashem. Does that make sense? So, when someone insults us, when someone embarrasses us, that cuts very deep. So deep that Hashem hears that pain. It's like somebody saying, you're not worthy of a relationship with Hashem. Right, and Hashem hears that; He doesn't like that. So that's why you get a dr- you get His ear when that happens. Well said. Yeah. Um, I'm can I go to the Chonei levels? Sorry for just just a second. It seems sure. It's hard for me to understand that. Why? Why couldn't He just have said? Eh. Because I, I people don't know who I am anymore. Why do I need people to know who I am? Because it's it's a it's, it's a person it's a, needs cover to live. 
more than we need air to breathe, we need cover to live. Isn't that totally 100% against what enough is supposed to be about? <laughs> no. I'm just saying what everybody's thinking, I think. Anava is that it's not, it's not about me. You know, uh, Anava is where do I, where am I trying to shine the, what's it called, the spotlight? Yeah? So, uh, a person who's a Balgaiva trying to always pull it towards themselves. Anava is a person who's trying to always point the spotlight at others. Others and, and, and Hashem. But it doesn't change that he still needs to eat. Right? Isn't another why should Anav have to eat? Aren't you an Anav? Day after day I see you eating and drinking and sleeping. Why are you why are you taking yourself care of yourself so much, right? Mm-hmm. If you're an Anav and you just don't eat or drink anything. Right? Could be another, but I'm still going to die of hunger, right? Unless I eat. Okay. So we're all connected. We're all, you know, no one lives in an absolute bubble. And if if everyone around me um, is, you know, everyone around you says, says to you that you know, you're Russia, right? Or you're nothing that would immediately cut off the oxygen supply. I need to believe in my neshama. And part of that comes from external confirmation. In Lahavdil, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, the author has or says a quote, he says, there's no sweeter thing for a person to hear than their own name. Meaning that the, that's that person's recognizing or remembering that person. I exist. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So I exist. What? No. no, no, no. A secular, uh, what's his name, Carnegie. Dale, Dale Carnegie. Dale Carnegie. Yeah. 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 Your person needs that. Sorry, I don't know if stress the point, but it, it's, it's not right to be seeking cover even in, even in that area, right? If, if you need it to, if you need this to, to live... Can I just have, like, confidence I'm doing the right thing? Sure. Yeah. Why, why do but I need, like, external... Honya Magal had lots of self-confidence. He was one of the greatest yeah, people. Yeah, it's a very strange story. Yeah, and that's where Ramon Shapiro speaks about this a lot. Um, every person needs to have some level of recognition from other people. So it's like, a, it's, but it, I'm sorry to stress it. It is a minimum... It's not. It's not like we're saying. Therefore, you, you really need to be seeing. A Go lot of and stuff. like, you know, again, just like with food, right? You don't have to become a drunkard on wine, right? You need some drink, right, so that you won't die of dehydration. But it doesn't mean you have to become a drunkard, right? You need to eat something to keep your body alive, but it doesn't mean that you have to become a glutton. So, so just to make me die on the story. As we're saying, that someone who is embarrassed in public is called Malbin Pnei Havero. It's, it's like a miniature death. Right? He dies at that point. It's a spiritual death. So if that happens on a more grand scale, then he can't live anymore. 
if, if in general, not just in this moment, but in general, there's nobody in the world, there's, there, there is none of anyone seeing anything in him. So just me with dying on the story, it's the fact that he had no covet. That nobody okay. recognized who he was. Okay, I hear. It's a, that, that already might have to, m- might be uh, dependent on, uh, on Pirush. Is it no or is it not, not what was fit for him? Mm. When we say embarrassed, that could mean an emotion, a feeling of embarrassment. I was embarrassed. And I might have that feeling regardless of whether it's a situation in which a psychologically healthy person should be embarrassed. You know, maybe I'm just easily embarrassed. Or, or that's a good point. Yeah, that's and it can, no also raise a, that. can also be a verb, like, he embarrassed me. So, I mean, which which situation are we talking about? Are we just talking about any situation where he publicly says things that I should be embarrassed about? Or are we talking about any situation where I, as a matter of fact, feel embarrassment, whether or not I should yeah, I mean, is, is the Torah going to make us high have to be sensitive to people who are like, you have to walk around eggshells around them because they... So, so, that's, that's, so, so that's what I'm saying. So that's what, that's what we were saying this yeah. whole time, is that seemingly not. Yeah, because again, the point, the reason why... Now, it might still be a bad thing. You might still um, have to be very careful around them. But let's say theoretically, through no fault of your own and through you know, no ill intention, but you actually meant to say something nice to him as a compliment, right? Yeah. You're telling him, oh, I, you know, um, I, I had this uh, recently with someone, right? I, I, meant, I meant it as a compliment to how much I believe the person could be. And he kind of felt like, oh, I'm putting down what, um, you know, what he's doing right now or something, right? So, um, so then uh, the, the point that we're saying is a person who publicly embarrasses a person, the reason why he has no portion next world is because he himself is to a certain extent denying that this person has a, has a neshama, and, and therefore, by extension, he's really denying his own neshama. Mm-hmm. Right? That would not be true if, let's say, for example, you meant it as a compliment. Oh, wow, you're such a you know, great person. Right? So that you didn't, you didn't at all mean to take away from the neshama. Mm-hmm. So, Okay, so you might need to apologize to him for, for having heard it, inadvertent, etc. But right, but you're not going to have this. Okay, um, let's, let's get on to the next one. Vafilu ludover mitzvah, Amor Kasev. So even when it comes to a mitzvah, which is the mitzvah of tochacha, so I have a mitzvah to give you tochacha. If I see you doing something wrong, something destructive, self-destructive behavior, that says that you should love your fellow. You should not say, oh, who cares? Why should I get involved? Why should I, you know, stick my neck out, right? Which, by the way, is a really common attitude nowadays, right? Because... I'm going to tell this guy that what he's doing is wrong. He's going to get annoyed at me, and I'm going to suffer afterwards in this relationship, right? I'll just stay quiet. I'll let him make his own mistake. Right? Why should I bring up with him? He's already halfway into making plans towards something. Why should I bring bring up a potential issue with it 
and afterwards suffer the heat, you know, from his wife. Right? I'll just, uh, it's none of my business. Right? So the Torah says, no. Hocheyach tochiyach es amitecha. He is your people. Right? He is, he is your, he is a member of your people. Right? And it's a, it's actually, in the Rambam, it's Meduik, there's a key of the mitzvah, of the mitzvah it's a, an extension of the mitzvah of Ahaftal Recha Kamoch. Right? The, just like me, if I was about to make a, a, a bad mistake, I would want for you to intervene, even though maybe it's going to be uncomfortable for you, even though maybe afterwards you're going to be upset with me. Right? But still, don't just say, oh, who, oh, you know, what's the difference to me? Okay, so you have a mitzvah to do that. Right? Um, so now what if, so continues, so, so now Chazal asks, Maybe I should give him tochacha, and even if he's becoming embarrassed from me giving him tochacha, right? But and, you know, basically I'm telling you, listen, what you're doing is very bad. You're going to destroy your marriage. You're going to whatever, right? And he's getting really upset and really embarrassed over it. He's saying, listen, don't talk about it. I don't want to hear it anymore, right? So maybe you say, listen, I have a mitzvah from Hashem, so I'm just going to press the point. Right? Um, so, so continues the Pasuk. Talmud Lomar, the end of the Pasuk says, Velosisa alav hate, but a limitation. But don't bear a sin over it. means, don't take it so far that you'll do a sin. Which sin? So they're embarrassing him. So even though he's doing an Aveira, or he's doing, I don't know, an Aveira, but uh, at some point there's another mitzvah that comes in, which the Ramchal is not addressing, called a Mocho. Mocho is at once my, once my mitzvah of Tochacha falls away, means that we've reached this level where he's totally not interested in my tochacha, then maybe I still have a mitzvah of machah, of making a protest. Which is not a mitzvah of vehaftal kamoch. It's not a mitzvah of loving your fellow. It's a different mitzvah of, now it's for the honor of Hashem. It means it's not about me trying to help you. It's about that this is not okay. I can't, I can't let this stand. It's a different thing. But without getting into that, let's say he's not doing an open affair. Let's say he's just doing a really bad move. Right, so I've I've uh, he's gonna I don't know destroy his marriage. He's gonna ruin his kids. He's gonna right do something like that. Right, so I'm giving to Hacha. Okay, but don't bear sin upon him. You don't you you don't have a rishus to take it that far where you're actually gonna it's gonna be an avera on your on your behalf to do that to embarrass him. Okay. So that, that's that's how great is the mitzvah of Onos Dvorim, not to hurt someone else with your words, is that even if it means I have to give up on the mitzvah of, of Tochach. And, and the limitation is I'm embarrassing him as opposed to I'm hurting him. He doesn't want to hear these hurting, words. Hurting, embarrassing. The language here is... Uh, 
Pon of Mishtanos, his face is changing. Seemingly means he's changing colors. Uh, literal. It doesn't have to be literal. Just whatever it means to change colors, which seems to be embarrassment. So getting, <clears throat> getting very defensive or angry with uh, the, the topic of conversations being brought up. That's, Seemingly, that's that would okay. be enough. What? That would be embarrassed, or that would be like, or that. Be it, it could. It could be that that would be enough already. Uh huh. To back off on the tochach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because of this. Yeah. Is he getting defensive? Yeah, he's getting defensive. If he, if he's getting hurt, he's getting you know emotional. He's he feels attacked. You know that that that's enough to we, to offset the mitzvah. Which is different. Sometimes I mean, sometimes I can imagine somebody hears this and like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. And just I do have a little oh. bit of tshuva, and, and that, that's a good. Thing, that's wonderful. Right, right, but that hard to tell sometimes the difference. No, I mean we're saying don't keep on going. Yeah, I mean you're trying to do and he's. They're getting embarrassed, they're getting angry. He's trying to shut you up and just continue doing what he's doing. Maybe you should keep on pressing your point, right? right? Even though it's going to hurt him, so do, so don't so, do so that. We say no. What? We say no. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, it's, pretty, it's a pretty unbelievable thing, right? Tira Adhechan. Um, Mispashtim anteha azhara azos vikama onsha kasha. So you see how many different aspects of our lives this touches and how severe is the transgression of hurting someone else with speech. Okay? Um, now, a related concept is giving bad advice. Ubinin Nasina says, Shaninu, Batoras Koinim, it is taught, and by the way, it's interesting um, that this is one of the points that the Kusim, um, I'm not sure how to say that in English. Kathians. Kathians? How do you say that in English? Yeah. That's, that's the art scroll Kathians. That's how the art scroll defines where they're seen. They were people that. that um, that Sanherov relocated into Eretz after he exiled the, uh, the ten tribes. He brought these people uh, to live there, mm-hmm. um, and there was an interesting thing: they were what, in the end, was Nizgala to be Gere Arius. They were converts of lions, it's called, which means they they were lions in the land, and they were devouring these kusim. And they understood that it was because they were idol worshippers and that Eretz Yisrael does not take well to having idol worshippers living in it. So lions came and devoured them? There, were, there was a lot of lions preying on them, right? So they converted to Judaism as a means to protect themselves from the lions. So it wasn't sincere. But they weren't, but they weren't exactly. like... They didn't like really hold of everything. Right? Exactly. Right. So it's lots of different discussions. First, it was a suffix. Right. Then uh, it was a machlekes. Uh, to what extent are they not really Jewish? In the end, in the end, this bar that they were never Jewish to begin with. They, they never really took it on. It was always a secret cult of the dove that they had in uh, Hargrizim, I believe. But 
Um, but uh, one of the thing, uh, one of the things is that they took other Torah, but with certain caveats, uh, with certain things they didn't they didn't uh, accept what Chazal darshaned in certain areas, and this was one of them, right? They did not hold of the of the Torah prohibition of mutual uh, lifneiver. Yeah, so says the. Right, so, the, so the, the, what, what is that mitzvah? So, um, the Torah's Kohanim says, says, And in front of a blind person, you shall not put a stumbling block. So they understood that means that you may not put a stumbling block in front of a blind man who's walking, so he should not fall over and hurt himself. Yeah? Weird thing to take issue with. That would be pretty, I mean... Well, because you're a very cultured person, but you know, in certain societies, they they like to kind of play sport f- with people. They make fun of, of blind people and cause them to fall over and hurt themselves. But it's it's more of a metaphor, saying, "Don't you know? Don't like, for instance, like ask a question that you know the person won't." No answer to is like making it seem like that's what Hazal Darshan. That's right. what we're about to see right now, but but the Kusim did not agree to this. Right. They understood that it literally meant what it means. Right. It means do not put a stumbling block in front of a blind man. Okay, but Hazal say lifne suma badover. It means in front of a person who is blind in a particular matter, which means like like Paul saying right that. Uh, you know, in this regard, he's he's like he's blind. Amar lecha, for example, a person says to you, "Bas ploni mahu lekuhuna." What about this girl to marry a coin? I guess this person is either a shatchan or father of a coin or something. So, looking for, uh, can this girl marry a coin? Al toymor lo kshera vhi eina elpsula. But really, she is a girusha. Let's say. She is not fit for kahuna. She or she is a um, she's a zona or whatever chalitza is type of girush, but uh, or or zona where she is not appropriate for kahuna, right? So don't say, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Okay, now that is pretty clear because that's blatant, right? You the person is literally lying to this person, right? He's telling you it's fine, but it's really not. Now hayanotol. What if, what if he just comes and he asks you a qu- the following question? I want you guys to tell me what, what advice you would give him. So he asks you like this. Um, so if he asks you advice, don't give him, a, don't give him bad advice. For example, Go ahead and sell your field and buy a donkey. Is that a good advice or a bad advice? Sell your field. Why is that horrible advice? Why? Because what do you need a donkey for if you've sold everything? You sold everything. You I might mean, still own multiple fields. What do you mean? Well, I, okay. Well, you, you sold one that. field. How do you know that? You sell your land, by, maybe uh, just only one uh, land. Maybe a donkey. You don't know that. Okay. Donkey what do you need a donkey for, though? Donkey's like multi-purpose. You yeah. But the whole part of the donkey, I thought, is for the help with the field, No. I'm saying, but what do you mean? Oh, 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 oh. So donkeys, back then, was like a car nowadays. Right? I mean, donkeys are very convenient to have. Not everyone could afford a donkey. 
Donkeys are kind of expensive, very convenient, or like a motorcycle. It's like a cool thing to have, a donkey. Like, if your friends see you riding on like a white donkey, that's like a pretty, I mean, it's not as good as a horse, but it is, but it is like a pretty, uh, pretty serious thing, right? Um, but they depreciate in value, right? Whereas a field makes you money, right? So that's the difference, you know, like you got the one guy who has his field, he has a field, he's making money, and yet he schleps and walks every morning for half an hour to get to the uh, marketplace or whatever it is, right? The other guy sells his field, he buys himself a donkey, right? And he's riding, you know, riding by, kind of laughing at this guy, right? He's got like fancy donkey, yeah? So, so one is a appreciating asset, one that makes you dividends, one that makes you money, and the other one is a depreciating asset, right? Bought myself a, a Tesla, right? So it's really cool, except for the fact that it's not going to be making you money, right? So uh, I know one person, up-and-coming lawyer, he drives around in a fairly old car, he even has a large crack in the windshield, right? But he doesn't care, right? Why? Because, like, what's the difference? He gets the job done, right? Somebody else might go to a lease place and lease themselves a, a Cadillac, right? Depends on the... Pre- if you want to make a good impression on people, you should not drive a car with a crack at the windshield. But if nobody's seeing you riding around in that car, then it's totally fine. But what if you yourself want to drive around in a fancy car? It's a problem. Well, it's okay. not my cupboard. Okay. So, so the point, so the point is this person is... Um, Right, don't tell him. Go ahead and sell your field and buy yourself a fancy donkey. Vata, okay, for love. And then you go around the back and you buy field. Because <laughs> <laughs> right, you're accumulating real estate, right? You're, you're a smart Jew. You're looking towards the future. You're going to take out a loan on this thing. You're going to pay it off. And, uh, you know, 20 years later, you're going to own the field. That's why this wasting your time with that field. That's I why I see you on a donkey. You don't <laughs> need to be on a donkey, right? <laughs> That's why this yeah. is in the key. Is because you donkey. kind of have to like introspect to make sure that your your motives are pure. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now listen to this. Shema Toymar. Maybe a person will say, "Eitz Yafan, you know, in law." What do you mean? It's a great piece of advice I'm giving him. That donkey's going to save him time, and he's going to be healthier and happier, and he's going to get a new business. Offers because he's driving a fancy donkey, right? Sherry, a dove or mussurulale because no, nobody really knows what I'm thinking, right? So, but you can't prove that I'm giving bad advice. I, maybe I maybe I actually think this is. It, say, it's not that it's always wrong to to sell a field and buy a donkey, like um, Paul was pointing out. You do you if you have a bunch of fields but you don't have donkeys. You know, then it is going to be a limitation on you. Mean, You're going to be an appreciating asset, right? So, so it, might, it, might, it might be kedai to sell one small field to get a donkey, right? It'll overall help you make more money. And you're so it's not it's not clear black You have no proof that I'm giving bad advice. Says the says the Torah's koinim shenemar. Why? How do we know that you're not allowed to do this? Ve'aresa melokecha aniashem. You should have all of Hashem. You should have fear of Hashem. You should have all of Hashem, which means no monkey business. I know what you're doing over here, right? Don't. This is every time there's something that's 
people feel like it's impossible to um, trap them on, right? They feel like, uh, oh, you know, who knows what, what I'm doing, uh, right? Either with, with uh, false weights, maybe with ribbons. Every time that a person feels that they can do uh, monkey business and I get caught, so then the Pasek follows it up with, which the fear of Hashem, I am Hashem, um, in fact, the morale in Gvurus Hashem, when it says, whenever it says Ani Hashem, it's like after some it says, it says it, some particular it says, it says it by, and that's that's the general approach that he takes with with, with all those. Okay. Venimsa, um, Venimsei So we learn from this. Shebein b'davar sheyachol lihios. No gebo, beimidavar she'eno no gebo klal. Whether you are prejudiced in this, whether you're not, chayev adam lehaamid es habo lehisyatsev bo al haemes hazach vebor. If someone comes to take advice with you, you're obligated to give him the best advice you can possibly do. Okay. So that's um, Adkan. Okay.